Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all rallying stocks at or near their best level of the session. Let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here he is, Bill Maloney. And good afternoon, Charlie. Like you said, main U.S. averages are climbing today with Dow currently higher by 195 points. SEBs gained 24, while the NASDAQ rises 84. The small cap 600 is up 8 points in the U.S. 10 yield at 2.22%. 10 of the main 11 SP sectors are trading higher, led by gains in technology, healthcare, and materials. Only real estate fell. NASA Biotech's outperformed, jumped 59. Transports gained 75. Semis climbed 18. And the VIX is down by 12%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow are Cisco, Caterpillar, and Apple, while modest losses in Intel and Procter & Gamble. After earnings, Cody fell as much as 18%, while Nordson dropped 10%. And note that Intuit and Salesforce report after the bell. Live from the First Baker News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. We'll be all over those numbers as they break. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg Type Squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's Bloomberg Business Flash. Got it, Charlie. Thank you very much. Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business News Flash right here on Bloomberg Radio. When we open our hearts to patriotism, there is no room for prejudice, no place for bigotry, and no tolerance for hate. All right, of course, that was President Trump speaking this evening, last evening, I should say, to the American public, a primetime address about Afghan policy. Uh, it is, in fact, one of our most read stories on the Bloomberg today to uh, that speech that the president made announcing an open-ended commitment to Afghanistan. Let's get some analysis, some thoughts on what we heard from President Trump. Tolu Alarunapa is our White House reporter at Bloomberg News. He joins us from our Washington, D.C. Bureau. Jonathan Bernstein, also with us, columnist at Bloomberg View, with us on the phone from San Antonio. Tulu, let me start with you. Uh, any surprises in the speech last night, now that we've all had some time to digest it and talk it through, walk it through, <laughs> overanalyze it to death, if you will? Well, uh, the clip you just played was somewhat surprising because the president took time to sort of revisit an issue that he had been trying to get away from, the Charlottesville comments that caused such a firestorm last week. He wanted to turn the page on that, and he did have a unifying message before getting into this Afghanistan policy review. Uh, and his comments on that were also somewhat surprising in that they did not reflect the President Trump, the candidate Trump that we saw on the campaign trail, who said that he was going to withdraw from these foreign entanglements, he was going to uh, take all of that treasure that was being spent in the Middle East and return it to the U.S. and spend it here domestically instead. We saw the president sort of double down in some ways on previous policies, saying uh, that we can't just withdraw hastily from Afghanistan. Uh, he also said that he would not have a timetable, which means that his policy is somewhat open-ended. He said that instead of a timetable, he's going to focus on conditions, saying that the U.S. would be there until the conditions on the ground changed to such, an, to such a way that uh, showed that the, the Afghan people were able to protect themselves. That could be uh, years in the making, and it definitely shows that President Trump could be a wartime president for several years. Good point. Jonathan Bernstein, uh, columnist at Bloomberg View, come on into the conversation. This was not... <laughs> this is not what we've always heard from President Trump when it comes to policy uh, over in the Middle East. Well, one thing it shows is when you elect a Republican, you wind up with Republican policies. But another thing it shows is that the, the conditions 
matter more sometimes than the actual president. You know, he was mm. eventually, you know, maybe convinced, maybe manipulated by uh, the Department, his Secretary of Defense, his National Security Advisor, his Chief of Staff, into basically con- continuing what's been policy for some time. And there doesn't seem to be enough policy innovation available to him, either from his own knowledge or from other people, uh, maybe State Department or other parts of the White House that would come up with anything innovative or different. Well, you know what's interesting, too, I feel like, Tulu, is is this the impact of John Kelly, National Security Advisor, of H.R. McMaster, uh, and also, uh, you know, Secretary of Defense James Mattis? Um, are we seeing the impact of these individuals? Well, we have seen the profile of the generals in Trump's orbit rise over the last several weeks as uh, the president has gotten rid of some of the dissenting voices, uh, including Steve Bannon, who wanted to have more of a nationalist approach and did not want to get involved in some of these wars, which he believed were quagmires. So now you're seeing John Kelly, who sort of helped with the dismissal of Bannon, uh, firmly take control and allow the generals and the more traditional Republicans to have a, a more significant say in the president's thinking. Uh, so it is it is very evident that uh, the president's decision, he even said it last night, was not in line with his original instincts. He said that uh, he realized that when you're in the Oval Office, you have to, you know, sort of think of things in a different way. So he did say that this is different from what he uh, would have done as a civilian, but now he has these generals speaking to him and he's changed course. So it's very clear that the generals have his ear and they're one of the reasons he made this decision. Jonathan Bernstein, in your column for Bloomberg View, you say, you know, this wasn't a normal president speaking. It wasn't even normal Trump. It was 100 percent teleprompter Trump. Does that mean the words we heard are are not necessarily policy he's going to follow? Well, it, it, it makes it less likely that he'll be effective, for example, in pressuring Pakistan, which is one of the things he talked about. Well, if you are the government there, how seriously do you take Trump to begin with because his professional reputation is so weak that he blusters without following through all the time? But then when, when he didn't seem to have much enthusiasm for the policy, is he really going to do the hard work of carrying through anything? And, you know, that's an open question. He's got to prove that he will. Um, Tulu, you know, I do feel like watching last night, it was, you know, a very different president that we sometimes see uh, on the campaign trail uh, or at a press conference um, where it's not so scripted and not so controlled, if you will. Um, you know, you, as I've said, you know, I often ask you, you you've been following this White House uh, from day one. Uh, you know, do we continue to see an evolution in terms of what we get from the White House and from the president himself? Uh, that's a question that we are going to be watching very closely. Is this a big pivot for the president, mm-hmm. the long-awaited pivot that we've always been waiting for? Or tonight when the president goes and does a rally in Phoenix, will he revert to his um, normal style, which is com- combative, bombastic, um potentially divisive uh, as he faces his base, as he faces these crowds of adoring fans who uh, sometimes egg him on to attack his opponents or uh, relive the combative uh, 2016 election and uh, attack Hillary Clinton or the Democrats or even members of his own party in the Republican establishment. So we will be watching very closely um, to see if the Mm -hmm. president does make a change, but it's hard to see that happening. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Jonathan Bernstein, columnist with Bloomberg View on the phone from San Antonio and Tolu Olorunapa, a White House reporter at Bloomberg News, joining us from our bureau in Washington, D.C. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City. My co-host, Corey Johnson, 
off today. Stick around. More on the markets in just a moment. 